Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano. Soon I'll be joined by my co-host Paul Clark. And right now you're about to listen to one of our eight NFL Divisional Preview Podcasts that we have recorded ahead of the 2019 NFL season, which is the sixth year that Paulie and I have been covering the league. Now, if you've been listening to us over the years, we thank you for coming back. If you're new to the show, thanks for stopping in. Throughout the season, we will be making our game picks each week and breaking down all of the biggest storylines around the league. But for now, we've got divisional previews to handle, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I am Sonny Giuliano. With me is Paul Clark. We have got the AFC West division preview coming up. We have recorded the other three AFC division previews so far tonight. We're going to be doing the NFC in the upcoming 48 hours. And now the, uh, the AFC West is likely to be the most contentious of all four division previews. Uh, Pauly, are you ready to put the gloves on and, and go to battle here? A lot of allegiances that we, we are going to have to talk about in the AFC oh, West. Oh, yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's kick things off with the one big question of this division. I'll, leave the, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Where'd you go for the one big question? Can Patty Mahomes repeat, you know, the, the year he had last year? Can he be that guy again? Can he, you know, be the no-look passing, 50-touchdown throwing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gut? You know, can, you know. Is he Ric Flair? Yeah. You know, can he just be that guy? That. Well, the fact, yeah, the fact that he is the MVP, technically, I guess that would make him the man. Um, I'm I'm aligned with you. My question, word for word, uh, can the Chiefs avoid offensive regression while finding defensive improvement? Because I think those two things go hand in hand. It is hard to imagine Patrick Mahomes having a better year than he had last year. I, I, theoretically, it is possible because... There, there are some areas where he could clean up. Um, I guess it's possible that his second year as a, as a starter in Kansas City could be even better than his first. Um, he was the number three player in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus, so technically he could ascend even higher than that. But I think a big part of it, and if you're the Chiefs or a Chiefs fan, um, what you're what you might be leaning on and relying on even more this year is how they improve on the other side of the ball because that is really where they were let down last year on the defensive side um so yes they need Patrick Mahomes to be that guy again they need him to remain the man um but they also but need to get stops yeah their corners are awful i'm just going to put that out there right now i i don't necessarily disagree with you um, but I, I do think that there's reason for a little bit more optimism if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, 
on the defensive side heading into this year than there was last year. But before we get to defensive players, let's talk about the best offensive players in the AFC West. Um, did you go with Mahomes as your pick? And if you did, uh, elaborate on that a little bit. And then if you want to toss in a couple honorable mention guys too, feel free. I mean, I definitely went with Mahomes. I mean, he's MVP. It's tough, tough not to pick him, you know, but I, th- I think you got to mention Antonio Brown. I mean, the guy's been the best sure. receiver in the NFL over the last three years. Um, I, I think he's going to add a dynamic that the Raiders did not have last year or the year before or ever that I can remember. I mean, he's bringing in something. I mean, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so those are the two guys, basically, that I, I went with. I mean, you know, you could talk about Phillip Rivers and, and a guy that made a big jump last year that I thought had a big year. I don't think he's quite on the level yet is Mike Williams. I thought he was really good for the Chargers last year also. Yeah, the the Chargers have weapons. And, and Rivers, even though he's getting up there in age, um, last year was one of his best years in the NFL. 4,300 yards, 32 touchdowns, only 12 picks. Um, a 105.5 passer rating. He was the fourth best quarterback, according to Pro Football Focus, despite the fact that he was playing behind what they graded as the third worst pass-blocking offensive line in the league. Um, So for a guy that doesn't move around like a Patrick Mahomes um, or or like a lot of the younger, more mobile quarterbacks in the league... Basically, um, move around, he doesn't move around at all. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Just, but you know, the thing is, we see that from guys like him, from guys like Brady. It doesn't always need to be that you are stepping up and running for first downs or or rolling out and throwing on the run. Sometimes being just savvy in the pocket and being able to step up at the right time is even more valuable than the other things. And that's something that Rivers does really well. He's stepping up in the pocket and finding his guy. And like you said, Mike Williams had a big year last year as the number two guy in Los Angeles. Keenan Allen is a legit number one guy. Um, And, you know, I mean, Melvin Gordon, you know, is he going to be there? Is he going to play, you know? Without a doubt, because he had a hell of a year last year, not only in the running game, but 50 receptions, four touchdowns through the air. Um, there, there's a lot of offensive talent in this division. We should just say that. Um, and if you, you know, the, the best place to start is Kansas City with Mahomes, the reigning MVP, 5,000 passing yards, 50 touchdowns, just ridiculous numbers. Everywhere you look, every way you want to break down um, his numbers, they're just off the charts. It's the kind of stuff that we haven't seen before. Um, As you mentioned, Antonio Brown, and we talked about this last year when he was in Pittsburgh, the resume that he has built for himself, he's already among the six to eight best receivers in NFL history, probably. Six consecutive seasons with 100 receptions, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. That's the most in NFL history. Um, in the, the, there's no reason to think, despite the helmet issues and the, the frostbitten feet, 
you should replicate those numbers this year in Oakland. Yeah, I mean that all that stuff is just. Uh, I think I'm not think too worried a, about it. No, I think a lot of that stuff got made bigger than it was just because of Antonio Brown. Sure. Um, so all of those guys that we mentioned, and then I, I think it's only fair that you talk about Travis Kelsey, who might be the best tight end in the league. Not tight end. 103 catches last year, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. And then Tyreek Hill, too, who, you know, had his legal, How personal... How did he not Sure. That, that's a perfectly fair assessment of the situation that he was dealing with. Um, but uh, assessing him only as a football prospect... Uh, 87 catches, 1,400 yards, 12 touchdowns. Uh, you know, possibly the best deep threat in the league for a quarterback who throws the deep ball incredibly well. Um, and another stat that I found really interesting, what's that? He could throw it incredibly far. Yeah. Um, an interesting stat for Tyreek Hill, a guy who is not big, he led the NFL in contested catch rate last year at 65%. So he, any kind of 50-50 balls, he's coming down with them, which is kind of amazing for a guy built the way he is built. Um, kind of weird. It seems like he's always wide open. Right. Yeah. Um, but Mahomes, to me, felt like the very safe pick there. Uh, let's let's uh, move on to best defensive player where there are – no shortage of, of options there, too. Where did you go for best defensive player? I mean, I think you got to give it to Von Miller. Uh, yeah. He, he's a stud. You know, I, I thought you could talk about Joey Bosa. Uh, I wouldn't mention Derwin James, but he's out for the year. Um, I, I, just thought, I just thought that it was – I mean, Von Miller's, you know, teammate Bradley Trump, I think, is, is, is ready to have a big year. But – when it all is said and done, I think it's Bob Miller. I would have thought really long and hard about Derwin James if I, I if he was healthy heading into the season. Those uh, are two big questions for the Chargers. I mean, obviously Derwin James isn't a question. He's out for the year, but you know, is he out for the year? Was that confirmed? Because yeah. I I saw three to four months, and that puts him right well, on the edge of being out for the year. Um, yeah, I mean, but it, it's I mean, not confirmed, correct? Uh, it's assumed. I mean, he's gonna miss more. I mean, he's going to miss most of the. Right. Okay. I no. So, I I I'm fine with the way you put it. I just wasn't sure if I missed something where they said he is for sure out for all of the year. I mean, you know, and then Melvin Gordon offensively. I mean, whew, that's a big that's a big blow right there for for Los Angeles. You almost did it. I'm proud of you. No, I did. I said it on purpose just to get you. <laughs> but yeah, Derwin James, uh, an incredible rookie year. Um, 105 tackles, three interceptions, uh, three and a half sacks from the safety position. Um, what a phenomenal this, playoff game against Baltimore. Yeah, one of the the, mo- the most interesting and impressive stats that I saw in all of my research accumulation. So he played 1,027 snaps last year. 
Um, 205 of those were on the defensive line. 418 were in the box. 166 were as a slot corner. 22 were as a perimeter corner. And 216 were at free safety. There may not be a more versatile defensive player in the NFL than Derwin James. With that said, I'm with you on Von Miller, though. Um, every single year that he's played double-digit games, he's had double-digit sacks. He's two sacks away for 100 in his career. Um, he had 48 tackles, 14 and a half sacks last year. Just an awesome player, and he's been awesome for a long time. Um, he hasn't lost a step yet. And I'm with you. I, I think on the other side, of that defensive line on the edge, Bradley Chubb, he could be in for a big year this year too. Definitely. Um, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's put the gloves on. Best coaching staff. Oh, it's the Chiefs, no doubt about it. I, you're right. I, I just didn't expect that answer. <laughs> I mean, far and away. I mean, all the Super Bowls Andy Reid's won. Got to be, got to be the best coach in the division. <laughs> I mean, all, right, all so the times. I mean, all the times this guy's had home field advantage in the playoffs and gotten his team to the Super Bowl. How could he not be the best coach in the division? Are you done? Yeah, I mean, it's Andy Reid of the Chiefs. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, look, if you've listened to this podcast, you know you know how I feel about Andy Reid. I'll put him up against any other coach in the NFL. Uh, Just not a playoff game. Go ahead. <laughs> I and I, I like the staff around him. I, I you know, Eric Bieniemy is an extension of Reed, and I, I assume that he will be up for a head coaching position next year because the Andy Reed head coaching tree is probably the best in the NFL right now. Um, in theory, Steve Sagnolo is a huge upgrade over Bob Sutton, and I like I said, it's terrible the last couple of years though. Defensive coordinators had terrible statistics. I, I'm with you. I, I am with you for sure. I'm just saying, in theory, the the I defensive agree. scheme change yeah. seems like and, it will benefit Kansas City. And I'll be honest with you, when they hired him, I was mad because I always had it in my mind that he was like a great defensive coordinator because of that Giants team that won the Super Bowl and beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And then I was watching a thing that said like the last three years he was a coordinator his defenses have ranked middle of the pack or towards the bottom, and I was kind of surprised, actually. No, you know, it's funny. I, 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 as I was doing the research, I, I noticed the same thing. Um, and it surprised me that, that statistically his defenses were – we're finishing so low. I just I, I I like that the way that Kansas City's defense got picked apart in that 
playoff game against New England where they just, you know, they sat back in man coverage. They never blitzed. And it was just Tom Brady marching down the field doing whatever he wanted. I just like that it's going to be a different look this year. There's going to be a little more zone. Spagnolo isn't going to be afraid to send exotic blitzes from time to time. I just think that that's going to benefit them. Um, just changing that look up a little bit. And, you know, that's not to say that this is going to all of a sudden turn into a really good defense. But what they were doing under Bob Sutton with this personnel just wasn't working. So I, I'm I'm excited by the change. I'm excited for what it potentially could be. Um, and, again, I'll put Andy Reid up against any other coach in the NFL. I know that you disagree. This has been one of the great regular the, season coach. Great regular <laughs> season coach. You you like them type of guys, though, because you like Mike D'Antoni, too. It's kind of amazing that, that we have, like, the exact same argument. And And for people who don't know us personally, you and I don't argue about anything. Never. We're the two most easygoing, yeah, easy to get along with people you could meet. But we will clash. No, but like, no, it's not like this is really contentious and we're mad at each other. But like, just all things considered, we tend to agree on most things. But I know that you, you are legitimately skeptical of Andy Reid and Mike D'Antoni, and I legitimately think that they're both great coaches. It's just weird that that for as similar as we are, we have found these these two very specific things to disagree about. Yes. Um, you don't want to give any love to your man, John Gruden? I love John Gruden. Knock if you're with me. Knock, knock if you're with me, because I love John Gruden, and I love what he's done with this Raiders squad. They're 30 times better than they were last year, and I'm very happy with the prog- the progress John Gruden has made in one year with the Raiders. All right. That's fine. Um, I'm just going to name off these names real quick. And you tell me the Raiders aren't way better than they were last year. Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, Trent Brown, Josh Jacobs, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen, LaMarcus Joyner, Brandon Marshall, and Vontez Burfecht. I Look, I, 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 I'm I not disagreeing with you there. That, and that, that takes us right into best division newcomers because – the way that the Raiders have remade their roster from last year, it, it, it's completely different. I, I read that they have more roster turnover from last year to this year than any other team in the league, and there's there's no way to spin it where the changes they made don't benefit their team. I, I'm I'm with you there. Um, and I think I'm really looking forward to watching Derek Carr play this year because second year in Groom's offense. He's got some weapons, and he's finally healthy again. I mean, let's not forget, the last time Derek Carr was truly healthy, he was the MVP of the league until he got hurt. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, 
I'm with you. I think there's reason for optimism. I'm sure that you are higher on them than I am. That's natural. Well, they got they got the toughest schedule in the league, so it's a joke. It's a joke what the NFL has done to them this year. It's a it's an absolute travesty to be honest with you. <laughs> that sounded like you, you were heading toward a old Bobby Heen and it's not fair to flare kind of thing. No, but it's it's really a joke. I mean, they play home the first two weeks of the season, and then they don't play home again till November third. I mean, that's a joke. Yeah, no, that 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 London trip really, the way they they put that into the schedule is is screwy for sure. Um. Anyway, best division newcomer. Uh, I mean, that's Antonio Brown. I mean, come on. Yeah, I I actually I paired him and Tyrell Williams together. Obviously, Brown is the guy. He's the clear-cut number one. Um, but Tyrell Williams isn't a division newcomer. You're, yeah, that's true. I, and I actually, I distinguish that in my notes. That technically, he doesn't qualify legitimately for this category, but because I made up all the categories, I broke my own rules. But okay. the, the point... <laughs> Polly, I'm, I'm one half of the, the hosting duo and the creator and the producer of this podcast, I could do... Yeah. My point was that I was trying to get to, the Raiders added the fifth best in Antonio Brown and the 11th best deep receiving threats in the NFL last year in terms of receptions. Um, that, that's been an area where Derek Carr, he, he hasn't thrown down the field often, but in the last three seasons, only Russell Wilson and Drew Brees have a better completion percentage on deep throws than Carr. I think those two guys unlocked that aspect of the Raiders' offense. Oh, for Uh, sure. I will say, though, I I think that this is a division where there are a lot of new faces and new places where guys can come in right away and make big-time impacts. Antonio Brown's the most obvious one. But a guy like Tyron Matthew in Kansas City, where he's going to be lined up all over the place, and he's going to be one of those defensive backs that Spagnolo sends on blitzes from time to time. Um, the Chiefs losing D. Ford and Justin Houston, but replacing them with your cousin Frank Clark and Alex Okafor. Um, yeah. In Denver, not only bringing in a, a, a couple guys to bolster that already really good secondary. Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson, but bringing in Vic Fangio, who was named the NFL's top coordinator last year in Chicago, and he's inheriting a really good Broncos defense. I think that if you're a fan of any of these teams, there's a reason to be excited for any of these additions this year. Definitely. Um, Hot seat. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to go into hot seat watch. Who is on the hot seat? Who is your pick? I think it's Anthony Lynn. Yeah, that's fair. He was my honorable mention. Um, you you look at the Chargers staff, and they got two head coaches along with him on the staff, and Wizard Hunt and Gus Bradley. Uh, Chargers are just loaded with talent. If they fail again, Anthony Lynn could be looking for an employment elsewhere. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And then that's precisely the reason why I had him as uh, my honorable mention pick. Um, I went with Joe Flacco. The the Broncos, they, they bring him in in the offseason with the intentions of him being the starter. And maybe even if he he isn't on the hot seat at any point within this season, I do think that his time in Denver could be short-lived. If things don't go well this year, and I'm not optimistic that they will, just based on how things started in, in Baltimore last year and how he performed with the Ravens the last couple of years. Um, he's obviously not the quarterback of the future in Denver. They drafted Drew Locke. Um, I, I think that they will groom him to be the guy within a year or two. Uh, I just think that, that Locke's time could come sooner than later if Flacco isn't good. I 100% agree with that. Um, Gambler's Corner. What is your betting tip for the AFC West? Oh, it's a lot. Bet the Chiefs to win the division. They can't lose. They're the best team ever. Wow, I I see what you're doing now. I get it. You're, wow. You know, you make fun of me all these years for picking against the Bears every week. You try to guilt trip me into how I shouldn't be trying to reverse jinx them. I'm not doing nothing. Chiefs are loaded. They should never lose. Right. Yeah. Um, that was my that was my honorable mention pick, the Chiefs over the field to win the AFC West. I went with uh, I went with Patrick Mahomes over 37 touchdown passes. This is a a very high number, but he threw 50 last year. And even if there's a a history of slight regression after huge passing seasons, for him to go under 37 would be over a 20% regression in his production. I just don't see it. They didn't really lose any... Um, major contributors to that offense. You know, they lost Kareem Hunt, but I think Damian Williams will fill in fine there. They're they're getting Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey still. Um, Sammy Watkins, the number three receiver, number two receiver. I, I think that that offense will still be firing on all cylinders, and I think Mahomes gets 40 to 45 passing touchdowns this year. Watch out for rookie receiver Nicole Hartman. Yeah, to make some yeah, plays I, yeah. I think he'll probably be the number three guy behind Hill and and uh, Watkins. I, I definitely think that he'll get a lot of attention. Um, yeah, division records. Let's start at the bottom. Who do you have fourth place? Broncos. I hate them. They stink. Four and twelve. <laughs> I have the Broncos at. Six and ten, a little more respect than you, but they are my fourth place team. Um, I, I I had to show a little love to Vic Fangio. I couldn't have them quite so awful. I, I do think that that will be a very good defense. Um, so six and ten for me. How about third in the division? Oakland Raiders, nine and seven. Wow. 
Okay, I I uh, I also went with Oakland. I have them at seven and nine. Nothing. I, I I thought I'd get a little bit of a. I'm I'm happy you got them at seven and nine. Schedule's brutal. You, true, true. It is a tough schedule. Um, second place. Los Angeles Chargers, eleven and five. Hmm. Okay, I I also have the Chargers second place. I have them at nine and seven. The final wild card team for me in the AFC. I don't know what's going on with Melvin Gordon. I think that the the loss of Derwin James hurts a lot. So I think they go back a couple of wins, but still good enough to eke out that last wild card spot. And then number one, Kansas City Chiefs, 12 and 4. I, I would have bet money that you were going to go 16 and no, just to bust my balls. <laughs> I've got the Chiefs 13 and 3. First in the division, best record in the AFC. Very surprising. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I also have them with the best record in the NFL. Wow. There's a real shocker. <laughs> All right, so that is uh that's a wrap for tonight. We've been podcasting for a little over two hours now. We've wrapped up four AFC divisions. Two nights from now, we will be doing all four NFC divisions. By then you should you will hopefully have listened to a couple of these AFC previews. Please if you do somehow stumble upon this uh, this podcast or any of our other podcasts, whether it's on Hardwood and Hollywood or TalkShoe or hopefully we're going to be on Spotify this year, maybe iTunes. I would like to get us on YouTube. I want us all over the place. Um, give us a like or a share or find us on Twitter. And, you know, if you like what we talked about, Hit us up on Twitter. Slide into our DMs, if that's what the kids call it these days. If you disagree with the the points that we're making, if you were grossed out by me talking about a group love affair with the Baltimore Ravens, you could voice your opinions on that. Whatever you want to do, just you know, let us know that you're listening. Uh, Polly, great job! It's so good to be back talking football with you. It's really, you know, having the NFL in our lives from September to February is good enough. But then the fact that we get to talk about this stuff once a week, it's a, it's a real treat. Definitely. So you have a good night. We will be talking again on Friday, all of the NFC divisions. Again, thank you for listening guys. Thank you.